Greetings fellow insomniacs and welcome back to yet another Creature Features Flashback on GeeksTheIndustry.com. I am Chunky Larry and uh, I, I hope that you guys are enjoying these flashback episodes. This is just a, again, a sousson of uh, horror discussions that I've had over the past 200 some odd episodes and uh, you know again gearing up to do the three mothers trilogy so i wanted to just give you guys as much suspiria goodness as i possibly could um you know to get ready for that three mothers uh, this is a conversation that i had had with a very talented woman who is a globetrotting uh, just renaissance woman who did everything in the world of film uh, in front and behind the camera and uh, I, I really had a really good time talking with Stefania Cassini um, obviously this is being released right now because we're in the Suspiria vein and uh, you know Three Mothers kind of adjacent and I didn't interview anybody from Inferno uh, but I, I really hope if this is the first time for you, that you are able to enjoy it, take something away from it. If you've already heard the episode, you probably won't be hearing me talk right now. Uh, but, you know, if you haven't, again, new for you, uh, this is my conversation with the lovely and talented Stefania Cassini on Creature Features Flashbacks from Geeks of the Industry. Sono Barbara Magnolfi e state ascoltando Geeks of the Industry. Geeks of the Industry. Ladies and gentlemen, you're about to witness some scenes from the next attraction to play this. This picture, truly one of the most unusual ever filmed, contains scenes which under no circumstances should be viewed by anyone with a heart condition or anyone who is easily a... We urgently recommend that if you are such a person, 
or the parent of a young or impressionable child now in attendance, that you and the child leave the auditorium for the next... Features, a horror discussion from geeksoftheindustry.com. And now your host, Chunky Larry. Greetings, fellow insomniacs, and welcome to a very special episode of the Creature Features Podcast on geeksoftheindustry.com. I'm your host, my name is Chunky Larry, and uh, last year, if you listen to the show rather frequently, I I hope you do, uh, I had the pleasure of having Barbara Mignolfi on the show to talk about the 40th anniversary of Suspiria, and I figured, you know, that would probably be the end of my Suspiria conversations, but I... You know, just trying for shooting for the fences and aspiring to reach out to these people and always being just breathtakingly blown away whenever somebody actually is willing to have these conversations with me. I was able to interact with someone who has absolutely just a gigantic win of a career that's more than the sum of a a ballet school that's run by witches. Uh, she has been a director, an architect, a world traveler, and an actress, all in the span of a very short amount of time, and has really just done amazing things, and I, and I cannot wait to find out more about her life. I'm thrilled and pleased as punch to be able to say, ladies and gentlemen, this is Stefana Cassini. How are you doing? I think it's kind of hot everywhere. I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we are in the end times. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, where are you located, by the way? I'm in, I'm in uh, Northern California. Oh, right. That's great. But it, there are all this fire over there. I, I believe that, yeah, there's there's uh, an, an excessive amount of fires going on. It, it seems to be a going theme for the summers. Last year, uh, a large part of Northern California was ravaged by fires. And um, this year does not want to be outdone. But uh, I remember you saying, well, I don't know if it was particularly you saying, but in, in your first film... Uh, one of one of the people said, uh, "California's you know terrible. It's just you know surfers and homosexuals and and fires now. We we can add fires to that list." Exactly. <laughs> but uh, avocado. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I I'm so interested in your journey in the world of film, and I know that. It, you didn't start in the world of film. You had actually uh, 
your original uh, motivation was architecture, correct? Exactly, yes, yes. I, I became an architect, but basically I never built anything, I have to tell you the truth. Because since I was quite young, I was in school, I was in school also for theater. Mm-hmm. So uh, I started with theater, actually. I was the youngest actress playing six uh, characters in uh, uh, Quest of Author by Pirandello. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was an amazing success. Um, and uh, so I started with theater. Yeah. And I never think. The Italian theater, you know, is is synonymous with pushing kind of the boundaries that the rest of the world began to follow, you know, throughout the course of history. But I, I feel that you know there's there's a much bigger um, how do I put this reverence for Italian theater, uh, European theater in general. Um, when when people look at the theater experience, it, it seems like you know there's there's much more of a respect for theater performers in Europe than there is, say, particularly in the states. You you get you know people that work in theater, but they do a lot of the off Broadway things, and it seems like it's Broadway and then everything else. Whereas if you work in theater in Europe. You know, you're you're a part of this society. Is that? Would you say that's a fair assessment? Yes, yes. You're pretty much. You know, theater for an actor—it's very important. And, and, and when you do theater, uh, you know, you build your audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will follow you. Uh, it's very important in France, in in Italy, in England. There is not only a cinema stars, you know, and the theater also is very important because it um, um, teach you teach you uh, to be humble. Uh, so you know you, you 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 don't pretend to be a star. You know that you have to work hard and you work with other people, and uh, the success depends a lot of all the team is performing. It's not to redo it or whatever, you know. It's, up, it's on. It's live. And it isn't, uh, and I and I've kind of always seen it this way, at least in the states, that uh, for the most part, you work in theater as a building block towards uh, moving into television or film. And it's not necessarily that in Europe. It's more if you're a theater actor. Um, it's almost the reverse. You look down, or it, filmmaking and television is kind of looked down upon. Is would you say that that's uh, in the theater circles that uh, television and film are kind of considered lesser to the theater in Europe? Yeah, it used to be like this. Now I don't think so. It's not uh, but it used to be like this. I mean, the, 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 when you do theater, you really consider, and at my time, you know, that means 40 years ago, uh, when, when you were in theater and, and work in theater, yes, you look at television and all those stuff, like um, shit things, you know, old things to do. Mm. Uh, the minute you do it for money, but it's not art. 
Yeah. And yeah, it's a kind of uh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. But now, now it's changed. You know, the the mentality has changed a lot. Young people, uh, they are not. Um, Considering television, they, they, they like television actually because they give them uh, the possibility to be well known uh, in, a, in a very short of time. And you worked your way into television and in a time where it was kind of looked down upon. Um, was there any kind of pushback or trepidation into transitioning into television and film? I always have been uh, the person that liked to experiment everything. Mm -hmm. So I don't care about... Uh, I never really had a, a strategy in my career. Uh, when things happen, uh, I accept it because I like it. If I didn't like it, I didn't accept it. Uh, you know, I always been like this. Free. I'm a free spirit. And you've you've been able to work with some of uh, just some of the greats within um, the genre you, you obviously worked with Bernardo Pagliucci, uh, Dario Argento and uh, Andy Warhol even though Andy Warhol wasn't the director or per se writer of these films his name was kind of attached to the two films that you did uh, for him uh, Blood for uh, Dracula and Bad uh, with those directors or filmmakers, um, was there a particular style or drive for you to learn from them? Because I know that you eventually became a director yourself in your own right. Um, so was was it more, you know, you're as a performer, you're getting to work with, you know, somebody that's recognized as a great and it's just a, a privilege and an honor to be able to work with some of these people or was it always kind of in the back of your mind that you were kind of observing them and studying the things that they would do their techniques so you could eventually move on to making film yourself yeah definitely you know when i first started my first movie with Pietro Germi uh, as a main character, um, I was very young, and uh, I didn't live it in, in Roma. I lived in Milano. So when I came down to do this movie, uh, Pietro Germi decided that the the villa that was the set where I used in the film I used to live, um, I had the opportunity to really live in that set. I mean, uh, when the, the lights were off and all the the, the team goes away home. I was preparing my bed, you know. And in the morning, I was woke up by the grippers coming and put the spotlight and whatever. So um, it's a, like a fairy tale if you want my life. Um, so um, and I always been in in the set in a certain way, like a creature, creature. Um, looking uh, and, 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 and being, uh, yes, all, uh, very attentive to what was going on. And, and because of my studying architecture, of course, I studied the framing, you know, so I have the sense of light. 
I have the sense of the volume. I have the sense of framing because it comes from my culture. Mm. I always said, uh, you know, in, uh, I always thought I, I would become a director. Uh, I like, I like uh, acting. I tell you the truth, I like it very much. But in the same way, I am not the one that was staying, sitting, and waiting for the makeup. I was always rooming around and asking, why do you put this? Uh, what about it? You know. And uh, yeah, it was kind of um, natural for me to to observe and 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 become a director. Now, uh, there's almost a a mindset at least in my opinion and again these are all interpretations just from you know consuming this entertainment over a course of time that the the hang-ups that america has uh with the human body aren't necessarily the same kind of hang-ups anywhere else in the world and um so as a performer was there was it almost like a freeing experience to be able to work and use all of the tools at your disposal um, including you know your, your body obviously i'm trying to approach this as delicately as possible but it was was that something that was when you were initially approached to do uh, a thing that you had to really think about, or was it just kind of a non sequitur for you because you know you're up Well, absolutely. Uh, when I was younger, I was a uh, uh, in a certain way following feminist uh, um, culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was free my body. I didn't have a problem with my body. I don't have problem with my body, even now that I'm old. Um, so I, my body was was me, and I, I was the owner of my body. And if uh, it was important for for the performance to be nude, uh, I would do it with no problem. I don't have any sense of morality or fake morality or whatever it is, you know. I I go to the the film 1900, which is just an amazing piece of film for anybody that hasn't seen it. Absolutely, go out of your way. It is just a terrific story about these two young men and uh, following the course of their life. It's an epic. It's it's an epic in the way that films like Doctor Zhivago or Lawrence of Arabia were epics that you know dealt with a period of time that was very much prevalent at least cinematically at the time that the film was made but there are there are moments in 1900 that are you know by our very uh, modest standards in America very taboo and was that was that a comfortable situation for you I, I'm, I'm sure you understand which scene I'm, I'm talking about pretty much specifically. Well, I tell you the truth. Uh, Bernardo is such a great director uh, that uh, when you are in the set, you feel part of 
of a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. So everybody thinks like this. I mean, all the team, all the crew. So there is a kind of uh, silence, respect for what you do. That uh, I really didn't feel any 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 problems. I was very much concentrating on my performance, especially to become an epileptic. Um, the guys were the one who had some problems because uh, men had problems with their body, mm-hmm. and especially uh, you know to show the. The, the, the path of the body, you know what about it. Yes, um, insecurities, yeah. natural insecurities. Natural insecurities, so they have a problem of, 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 of uh, I don't know how to say it, of, 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 of show this part of the body that maybe is not uh, flamboyant, like people think, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, also the two guys, I mean, we were young, we were so concentrated, it's a very poetic scene. So uh, we felt that way, we have to do it and we have done it uh, with uh, with respect, with, uh, yeah. And, and the relationship between those two characters, uh, leading into that point, it absolutely makes sense and it's almost like a, a turning point in their relationship from very born at the same time <laughs> to to get to that place where they're at it seems very natural for the story but obviously you know when when you watch a film you're you're taking the film as it is but you know having to manifest that that creation and that emotion uh, is a little bit different than you know being those people, so I, I completely understand that. Um, I want to talk about Suspiria because obviously, you know, that is a a huge film uh, for me and for a lot of other people. Um, at this point in your career, you'd already been working for a while. You made some really terrific films. You've worked in television. Um, how does Suspiria land on your plate? Is it something that you were hesitant to do specifically because at this point you had already, you know, done a couple of horror films and um, you've done this again amazing uh, film, 1900, which just is it, it to me. It's a landmark, you know, larger-than-life film. So, is is there any hesitation um, in terms of career trajectory to go into something like Suspiria? Ah, absolutely not, because I told you, I didn't have any strategy in my career. I met, I, met, I did this film, this film by accident, actually, because uh, I wasn't supposed to be the... The actress it was supposed to be in, in, um, Daria Nicolati. Yeah, and then uh, she—I don't know what happened. Since she had the fight, or she broke her legs, or something different. The rumors in the movie business. So um, Dario called me, and when I went there, I was very curious. I never met him before, and I've seen one of his movies, of course, and. Um, 
I thought he was a great director. So that was the only thing I, I thought. I didn't thought, oh my God, now I'm doing horror movie, becoming like a gender uh, actress, you know. Um, I'm changing my career, uh, what the people say, or whatever. I didn't care. I like Dario. I said, okay, I like it. And I like to be a ballerina anyway. All my life I wanted to dance. So I went to take uh, school dance for one month, eight hours a day. And uh, I really like it. I was so happy. And, uh, and again, it was great. I love it. And I met uh, Jessica. And, uh, and she's, she's uh, such a great, 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 great uh, person. And a good actress. And so we got down together. And, and it was great. It was fun. And, and other people like Barbara then. We met later on and we're still very good friends. It's what a great atmosphere. And also Bouze uh, and you know, it was a magic moment. And you said, you, you mentioned this kind of while you were speaking that you trained for a month, eight hours a day. Um, was that absolutely just, he was insistent that everybody felt like actual performers when on set, even if you weren't dancing per se in a, in a lot of the scenes, uh, you know, so you could, I think you have what, two scenes where you're dancing in the film, maybe? Actually, I don't really dance, yeah, it's something, but it was important to get, you know, the allure, to say in French, the way you move. Mm -hmm. Uh, the way you look, uh, you know, you have to feel it, and and is is a postural. A ballerina has a special posture, so is 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 everything is made you a ballerina. So you have to learn how to move. Yes, of course, I learned the the dance uh, basic, etc. And I like it very much, and, and I. I wanted to go on, so I did. <laughs> and then, of course, I had many things to do. I like to travel, so I have to leave the class and whatever. But uh, I really enjoy. And I know that you're a bit of a free spirit. You, uh, Your main focus is to experience new things. Uh, you travel a lot, and that's, that's kind of one of the things that you've been able to afford yourself by the career path that you chose is do you ever find yourself taking roles to be able to put yourself in new places or is it just you take it as it comes uh, no i basically i as it comes it, that's why i became uh, a documentary maker because mm -hmm. i want uh to to travel and not to travel as a tourist to travel and meet people, interesting people. So get them, um, you know, when you when I plan a, a trip, I don't, I don't really want to go there because I, I want to go and look around or, or whatever. I want to have an holiday, a vacation. I have to have uh, a clue to go someplace. And documentary is the best thing to do because if you study before deciding where you are to go. And when you study, 
because things comes up, uh, the culture gives you some, uh, you know, some clue, and 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 and, and you start to to see the threat, uh, and and that's why you decided to go there because you you have something in your mind you want to to follow, and and that's why I became a. Uh, a filmmaker, and I have done so many documentaries around the world, and meeting such a great personality, and, and seeing places in, with other eyes, and yeah, that's why. And, and in terms of making documentaries as opposed to um, the, the theatrical films that you've done as well, um, do you find any kind of obviously there's the difference of you know you're doing you know you're doing dialogue you're doing multiple takes but I mean there's still dialogue that has to be recorded for a documentary what are what are the differences um, for you as a filmmaker in terms of uh, story films or documentary films and is there a preference for you uh, between the two Uh, they are completely different things. Because when you have to act or direct, the film is a story that has been written uh, by you or somebody else, but it's there. So you dig into the character, and you want to, you know, to make what is called in French a mise en scène. You want to recreate emotion. You want to recreate uh, the truth. While when you do the documentary, you are in the truth. So it's another. It's, it's completely different. My eyes are my camera, um, and and when I meet a person, I talk to her. Um, I have to. Uh, confront myself with her, and especially I have to be so open to understand his point of view. You you don't have to judge, you have to be open, you have to have uh, you to, to, to have all the attention for the reality. And uh, um, even if you are constructing the beginning of the documentary, because sometimes you know who you're going to interview and you have already the idea what is your documentary, mm. but still uh, you have to be open. So open that is a, a, like, a, it's like a, a, an exchange, very important. That's why I prefer documentary and fiction. And if I if I can, uh, you know, film or uh, you know, stories are, are preordained, whereas uh, with a documentary, the story evolves in front of you, and then you tell the story kind of through the editing. Would you say that that's fair? Yeah, more or less, yes. But sometimes. Uh, Sometimes uh, the story change yeah, because you have another eye on the special. You have somebody else to talk about. 
So I've done many stories on women. I've done a story on women in South America. I, I've in 1900 and something. I've done the first big series on women in Islam culture. Um, and sometimes uh, you see the connection in the editing room uh, because you are with another person, the editor, and I always edit with person that are not like a robot machine pushing button, mm-hmm. but they think. So they think, and so you have a dialogue, dialogue that, you know, make... Uh, you always listen his point of view, you, you dialogue, and then sometimes it's changing in the editing. Yes. And because you are a world traveler and you are fil- making these films in these different countries, uh, do you find it important to learn the languages of the countries that you travel to? Or is that just kind of, uh, again, not necessarily important because you have translators and things, especially when working on a documentary, or uh, how, what is your stance on? Well, depends, depends of the country, mm-hmm. I tell you. When I've done South America, I love Spanish and Portuguese. Do not understand the answer, because you have to interview a person, you don't have to have your own questions. You have to understand the answer because maybe your question is wrong. Um, I study uh, Arabic when I had to do in the, all the documentary in, a, in a Islam culture mm-hmm. because I wanted at least to understand more or less what we were talking about, and especially you know to to feel the. Uh, you know, when, even if you don't really know the language, but if you are attentive to the pose, to the way, the use of the words, uh, and of course I'm very attentive to the body language when I, I have to be in a country like Japan, where I didn't know at all the language, and I have the translator 24 hours with me, but the body language is very important, the click of the eyes, uh, the, the, the way you move the muscle of you or, or, on, your, on your face. Um, of course, this culture is a different way to, to and different body language, but, but that, you know, you, you, you get used to. And, and especially in Africa, for instance, I speak fluent English and French. Mm-hmm. So uh, that helps a lot, especially in Africa, because they're the two languages that people speak, more or less. And I know that you've done, uh, you know, obviously you filmed in Africa, but you also mentioned you've worked in Saudi Arabia. Is there ever been a situation when you were working on one of these where you felt in danger one way or the other and uncomfortable with what you were doing? Yeah. South Sudan, yes, of course. We enter in South Sudan with the priest and while there were a war, and uh, we went to interview the rebels uh, at a certain point. Uh, that was funny. I was shooting, and my friend, she was interviewing. We were two of us, two girls. Mm-hmm. And uh, she uh, and uh, and uh, the chief of the of the rebels asked her to play. Um, you know what's what, what's this? 
the, this uh, game that you have to use the words, you know, you have to put the consonant and they were uh, and, and make words. Risico. Uh, the name. Uh, you mean? Well, you have, you have you to make a Scrabble. A, Scrabble. Okay. Scrabble. And she was playing Scrabble with this guy. Why I was shooting with all these young men around me with the, with the guns and, and you know I mean they were really really armed. And all of a sudden, uh, my friends start to argue with the couple. Oh no! He misplaced, you know, he misunderstood. He didn't know the orthography, so he didn't make the, the, the right letter to, to compose the word. So I said to her, Francesca, please, let him win! It's <laughs> <laughs> very much like Star Wars, let the Wookiee win. <laughs> that's that's uh. Okay, that's weird. And another, another moment I was in Lebanon and I, I've been... Uh, hold by by the terrorists, but uh, I, I I had a stringer with me. She was a girl, a, a French one, very 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 good one. So we we have been there only. Uh, we have been kept only for a couple of hours, but uh, we we managed to to let them free us. Now, in a situation like that. Do you say to yourself, is this really worth what I'm doing? Or is that never even a thought that enters your mind? Because you, you believe in what you're doing. You don't have time to do it. You have to be very alert with all the adrenaline. You don't have time to think, oh, why I did it, is that worth it, why I'm not home, or what, you know, you don't have time. And I know that uh, a large portion of the documentaries that you have made have been uh, focused primarily on the female experience in a lot of different locations. Uh, when looking at the culture and the way that uh, cinema is leaning more towards opening up the doors for female-driven storylines and... Um, you know, this Me Too uh, movement that has kind of, you know, taken a center stage over the last year. Is there, is there a way that since you've, again, been making films, you know, since the 70s where the, the ideologies have changed drastically, do you feel a sense of, like, I, I played a part in this change, I, uh, are you happy with the way that things are going? Uh, how far do you feel that we still have to go? Well, we still have to go, that's for sure. For different reasons. Uh, one reason, for instance, I'm a part of a, doing, I'm a part of a board of research here in Italy about the uh, gender discrimination on movie. 
That means the women, they never have really the opportunity the man has on movies as a director or as a, a, as a even as an electrician or, or a photographer, cinematographer or whatever. Um, so that means that in a, uh, in a role where you have power, uh, at least in Italy, there are not too many women. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why men use power to, 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 to convince women to do what they want, you know, mm. what I mean. If there were many other women in power in, 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 in TV or in, in, or in cinema or in the movie business or whatever, you wouldn't have all these kind of questions or problems like, you know, like, because, because the man in power use his power. This is the problem. So some, cinema some being way. a patriarchal kind of system as opposed to a matriarchal system makes, allows these opportunities to take place. Do you feel that if it was a matriarchal system that there would be less of this or do you feel that maybe and and this isn't me just being a man or being a chauvinist but do you feel that that might that role might end up ultimately becoming reversed because absolute power corrupts absolute well I don't I don't believe there are three witches on people that can grow up and 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 you know, they are used to to use power, many of them, because they are used to have power, to think they can do it, but they cannot do it. That's why we are, we are, uh, we are rebels in this field. But I don't believe patriarchal or whatever. One thing is certain. Uh, to handle power in your hands, you have to be very careful because maybe there are some women also they abuse men, meaning women with power. Mm-hmm. When you have power, you have to handle very carefully. That's for sure. And you have to be a strong person. You have to be, you know, moral, with, with real morality, not a fake morality, the real one. When you face a person and you look in their eyes and you feel that that person is equal to you. Excellent answer. And, I, you know, you have absolutely been one of the people that have been on the forefront of this for a very long time. Again, uh, you know, talked about how hard it is for a woman to maintain or gain a position of power within the film industry you directed you directed in the early 80s you know so you've, you've managed to break expectations 
from almost the very beginning, but it's through your hard work and dedication that you've been able to do that and do that consistently over these years. And um, I, the, I guess what I'm leading up to is my ultimate last question, and it's kind of uh, always kind of my closer question because I, I'm always curious as to how people will answer. And the question is this. Is there something that you've yet to say or do cinematically that you've always wanted to do? And um, if so, what is it? I wanted to eat, and I never done it, and I would like to do it, and uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Just gotta wait and see what the next yeah. thing is. That'll be the thing that you've always wanted to do is the next thing. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Um, well, with that being said, we're gonna start wrapping up. Can you tell people places uh, that they can look for you, things that they can look out for? Um, what do you mean? <laughs> uh, if in the world of social media, maybe a documentary that you have well, coming up. Yes. Well, well, uh, they can look. Uh, well, I'm in Facebook anyway. You you found me in Facebook. Uh, yeah, I'm there, and I, I'm a producer, so I have. If anyone wants to see what I'm producing in my documentary, they can go to. Uh, Visa, visa produzione www.vizaproduzione.it which is my company and there you find what I do excellent um, if you guys are here just because of Stefania and you've enjoyed the conversation you want to find out more you can do that in a couple of different ways you can start by liking us on Facebook Facebook.com forward slash CreaturePod by following us on Twitter and Instagram at CreaturePod. Uh, again, this has been a pleasure to have you on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time, and I am grateful to have learned as much as I've learned about you over the course of this conversation. Uh, but that is going to do it for us. So, for Stefania Cassini, and for myself, again, my name is Chunky. This has been another episode of the Creature Features Podcast on GeeksOfTheIndustry.com, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Listen. Ciao. Ciao to everybody. It's been a pleasure for me to talk to you, to all of you, and I hope you enjoy the show like I did. <laughs>